You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show, presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL, because life is more fun when you are in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling column, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited, see DraftKings.com. For details, as noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review, or none of us will be able to put food on our tables. You can also watch us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. When I say us, the incredible Rachel Prevet is on the ones and twos, making sure that we look and sound decent. My name is RJ Ochoa. With me, as always, are two, the two best human beings on the earth. Mark Schofield, JP, two most talented across the SB Nation universe, not just for SBNation.com. I have done all the buttering up. So, Mark, how are you feeling? Not on Monday. It is Friday, February 2nd, 2024 for us. we got to let everybody know that we're taping this ahead of time, just in case. We are taping this ahead of time. So if something happens in, in the hours between Friday afternoon and Monday morning when this goes up, we didn't know, okay? So when news breaks Saturday that Brock Purdy's decided to, like, retire from the NFL ahead of the Super Bowl, <laughs> we didn't know, okay? We had no idea that was coming. But, I'm RJ, I'm exhausted. It's been a big week. Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. Uh, massive, massive story in the F1 world, which kept me up Wednesday and Thursday nights. But we forge on to talk about the Super Bowl that everybody is fired up to talk about. You, um, we were talking about this before we started recording yes. and you mentioned that you were trying to compare what this would have been like with James and other people kicking it around. And you said that this would have been like, maybe, you know, Tom Brady going to the Dallas Cowboys as somebody who roots for both the Dallas Cowboys and Ferrari, I'm both offended and, um, complimented, uh, you know, well, I mean, I, mean, like, it, it, I mean, you see the similarities there between Dallas and, but Ferrari. what does that say I about know. me that I, that I flock to this madness? You know what I mean? Am I, I mean, a it, it says that you are a diehard fan. That, that, that you have not bailed after years of heartbreak, that you have not bailed on the fact that your team has not been to an NFC championship game in a very long time. And that the Detroit lions have been to an NFC championship game in the interim. Um, you Mark. haven't given up. You're a very loyal human being, aren't you? That's what this says about you. You should take some pride in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. JP. Um, I have a very important question for you. I would not ask any other person in the world this question. All right? I was explaining to you all who Clickety Clock is. I won't do that to the audience. Only you guys get to know. So I want to know who is your favorite animated character of all time? Any show, any movie, any series, digital, on television, comic books, video games, your favorite drawn, in some senses, person, thing, animal, creature. Oh, man. This is a tough question because there's so many that I could go. It's to. a Super Bowl preview, dude. We're not, we can't save anything. You know, I mean, we gotta ask know, the best gotta, things that we can. We gotta go into the files here. I think I'm going to go with Gohan from Dragon Ball Z. Gohan is like, he is one of the better characters 
in Dragon Ball Z, just the growth and the development of his character. And especially now in Dragon Ball Super, where he's actually returned back to fighting. If you haven't watched Dragon Ball Super Superhero, it is one of my favorite anime movies because it gives everybody the moment that they've been wanting, which is like the Gohan superpower up. Mm, not a Dragon Ball Z person. Like I can, get, I can do Goku, Piccolo. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you have a favorite animated movie while we're here? Animated character? Or a movie, either one. I'm going to go character. I'm going to go Snoopy. I'm going to go old school. Ooh, very yeah. solid. I love yeah. occasionally my Instagram algorithm will feed me. Um, it's like a drawn Snoopy looking at his son being born um, yeah. and in, in the hospital. And on, it's on top of the doghouse as opposed to like in the, you know, uh, isolate or whatever. Uh, so very cool. This was a wholesome I mean, it's like start. A, this it's like a warm blanket, right? Like it takes you back. You can watch the old specials. Even some of the new stuff is interesting. Snoopy's been in space. He's been on the moon. Mm. Like he's, he's been, been in war. Massive tie in. He's been in war. You know, he shot down the Red Baron. I still have the like Snoopy versus the Red Baron like Christmas. It was like on vinyl. But you could find like I downloaded a copy. You know, I still listen to that around the holidays. So yeah, Snoopy. I love how you guys didn't ask my favorite character, favorite movie, or anything like that. That's you know, your so. favorite animated I assume character. It would be a clickety clock like jump off here. Yeah. No, I talked about clickety clock, but I I wanted to you know JP bringing up like a niche animated movie. I don't know what it's called, so maybe JP can help me out here. There was a Digimon movie um, that was about like a a random obscure uh, kid who had like developed or found like two Digimon that were like very special and all the other Digimon had to like help save them um, kind of early 2000s. I don't know if that rings any sort of bells for you, JP, but I don't get to talk about this movie with anyone in the world. So here we go. Vaguely, I don't remember the character's name though. I'm going to look it up and I'll slack it to y'all. Uh, Rachel, I guess before we get into the football, who is your favorite animated character of all time, please? I feel like that's very, very tough for like being on the spot. <laughs> Animated characters. I'm gonna go with somebody from like I like the Looney Tunes. Okay. That that counts. Um, so maybe like Lola Bunny, like something like that. I could like see that. you enjoying so Lola and like her swag. I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Also, so I have... shout out to Uncle Iroh, who was going to be my answer before I said Gohan from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uncle Iroh is the greatest. I have also um, found the movie that I was talking about and pretty embarrassing for me because um, I made it sound like it was a niche thing. It's literally called Digimon the movie. So, you know, <laughs> um, um, embarrassing. Uh, but whatever. We're not here to talk about Digimon or Pokemon or Looney Tunes oh. or uh, Charlie Brown or anything like that. We're here to talk about, I don't know if we have the licensing rights to be able to say Super Bowl. Does anybody know? Around the here? big game. Big the game. Big football contest. Yeah. Sunday's game, you yeah. know, the game, whatever. Um, Chiefs, well, Niners. Epic. Uh, Mark, 30,000 foot thoughts as we sit here now nine days away. Um, I, I've been trying to come up with, you know, sort of the big picture storyline here. And I think it's going to end up being Kyle Shanahan, you know. And the reason why I say that is you look at what the Chiefs have done these past two weeks and perhaps more importantly to, to sort of set this up, what their opponents did. You know, you look at that game between Kansas City and Buffalo, and in the first half, you know, Buffalo was up by three at halftime. They had 124 rushing yards in the first half. They had run it 22 times. And then the specter of 15, the specter of 30, 13 seconds, that all sorts of looms large in the second half, and they throw it a tiny bit more. They get away from the run game, and they end up losing. Then you get the AFC Championship game. You've got – you know, the Baltimore Ravens, a very good run at rushing attack. You've got the Chiefs run defense, which given up 4.5 yards per attempt, which is a bottom, you know, 
10, bottom five, bottom eight number. They're like near, they're well below average against the run in terms of EPA per run, right around the same time, right around the same area as San Francisco, interestingly enough. And they have their running backs run it just six times. Like, and now you've got Kyle Shanahan, who has been through Super Bowl 51, who has been in a position where you can salt away a game and decides, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Does Kyle Shanahan learn from what we saw these past two weeks? Or does he not? And I think that's where I'm settling. Like, that's the big question I have going into this game. It really feels like there's a lot of history between these two. Even going further away from the 2019 Super Bowl, because those two teams are vastly different than what they are now. We can go back to last year where it was Brock Purdy's first action as an NFL quarterback. It was Christian McCaffrey's first game as a San Francisco 49er. Oh, and also the Chiefs scored 44 points. So it wasn't like this was a close game at all. This really feels like you got to beat the boogeyman, like you said. Like everybody, when they play the Chiefs, they fall for the, uh, again, I'm referencing anime here. You're falling for the genjutsu here. You're falling into the trap. You have fallen into the Kansas City Chiefs trap card, which is we have Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to give him the ball with the game on the line because he's going to rip your heart out. It is very much Tom Brady-ish. You, you are playing Tom Brady again if you are Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. I, I'm so excited for this game. I know the general hype level is very low, but I think these two teams are so different yet the same when it comes to what they showed last year when they played in the regular season. This is going to be such a very fun performance on both sides of the ball. Does anybody know how many losses the Niners have had since that game, since the regular season game in 2022? They lost that game, so not counting that one. Four? It's more than four. Regular season losses? All losses. Uh, Isn't it like seven? So it's six. They lost um, one one game after that, and it was the playoff game. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know that you can like pin that on Brock Purdy for reasons that have literally been discussed for an entire year at this point in time. Uh, So, um, you know, and since then they had the three game losing streak, which, you know, was three games, but I think we could isolate to kind of one like loser cluster, right? Like, you know, they they were really bad and there was the Debo stuff and all that stuff. We already talked about that. Then they had the Ravens loss, which was, you know, cataclysmic and they had the Rams loss in week 18, which was insignificant. And that's it. Like, those are all the losses <laughs> that they've had since then. So it does kind of feel right. I know that we're bummed about this Super Bowl, Mark, but it does kind of feel right that we get like, I don't want to call it a rematch, but these are two, you know, eyes of the storm that I want to see meet. You know what I mean? Like this is, yeah. this is like the episode of Digimon and Pokemon where they like fight one another. Yeah. And I, I think, look, I said last week in last week's episode, you know, after the conference championships games, that, you know, I wasn't really excited. I'm getting there. I'm starting to get excited about this game. And I think you're right, RJ, because, and sort of building off what JP said as well. Like you've got these two teams that have kind of been like circling around each other for a while now. And yes, look, there were stretches when, oh, maybe the Eagles were the best team in the NFC, or maybe the Lions are going to make a run. Maybe Baltimore is the best team in football. But these two teams have sort of been circling around each other in the background for a while now. And so in a way, it's perhaps fitting that they're going to square off. And there's so much from a sort of schematic X's and O's standpoint, like beyond the like top level storylines, beyond Mahomes versus Purdy, beyond Mr. Irrelevant and the fact that we're staring eight months of Brock Purdy discourse in the face now. Like it is going to be a very long 
offseason of Brock Purdy content, no matter how this game goes. There's like the X's and O stuff. There's, you know, Steve Wilkes versus Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And can you confuse Patrick Mahomes? Probably not. And he has an answer for everything. Miss Kyle Shanahan versus himself. Kyle Shanahan versus Steve Spagnuolo. There's so many great one-on-one matchups that could play out. So I'm getting there. And I think to your point, these two teams have been sort of dancing around this for a while. JP, Rachel put a screen or a banner on our screen that said Patrick Mahomes is going to be the first quarterback to ever start four Super Bowls before the age of 30. He's well, like, this isn't like he's like 29 and like 372 days. You know what I mean? Like he's, or that would be impossible. Uh, like 361 days or whatever. Um, you know, it's been a long week anyway. Yep. Um, so when they first met, when you know, the first Super Bowl between these two teams, everybody was so quick to crown Mahomes and you know, now it looks great, but like it was, a, I don't say it was unjustified. It was just, you know, premature, like in a literal timeline sort of sense, but a win here, like we can't, like we can't ignore like the super obvious low hanging fruit narrative, like a win here. And it's, it's not like ridiculous to put him among all time greats. It sounds ridiculous because of how young he is, but he's, he'll have, you know, this time next Sunday evening, he could have three Super Bowl titles and two MVPs again, well before the age of 30 with like nothing but his prime ahead of him. I honestly don't think it's crazy to put him up there right now, even before whatever happens in the Super Bowl. If we look at statistically where he is at, like you said, he's already got two Super Bowls. He's already got two MVPs. He's already one of the most physically gifted and talented passers we have ever seen in the NFL. And I just think the way that the Chiefs offense changed in a snap within a year because you have Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' game changing from the last time that the Chiefs played the 49ers in the Super Bowl, which was very much deep ball, no ball. We all remember um, the big completion to Tyreek Hill on, on like third down, I believe. It was like he did like a mad. They had time to run Wasp. That was the thing. Yeah, they had time yeah. to run Wasp. And now if you look at where the Chiefs are now, they have become arguably the most efficient passing offense in the NFL. They saw where everybody was going defensively and got ahead of it before they started getting there. You know, they saw how defenses were playing them with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey taking away all the explosives and then completely flipped it on its head. And then within the year that they did it, they went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. And now they're back in the Super Bowl again. Like we, I don't think we appreciate enough how different that offense is without really missing a step. Like this year has been the most inefficient Chiefs offense that we've seen in the Mahomes era, and they're still probably top 10 in total in EPA per play. Like it's it's insane. Mark, you you um are a Patriots fan that's well documented and you have um a strong memory of everything. I mean, you got a memory of an elephant. Uh, I think so. I think that's that'll work. Um, uh, we'll but, roll with it if I yeah, so Right, right. It's it's a prominent, you know, astute memory. Um, it was a little bit different. Like I, the NFL has gotten galactically more popular than even since the early two thousands, and um, as a result of all that, there's more analysis, there's more discussion, there's more discourse. Um, that's the only comp here. Again, presuming the Chiefs do win this this Super Bowl is is, is Brady from Mahomes. Like, what is similar? What is different? What is better? What is worse? Like, as somebody who lived through that and experienced the emotional high of it all, like, what's your kind of you know? Yeah, and what's I mean, your I, I think this? we talked about this a little bit last week and build it off what RJ talked about. There's a similarity between these past two seasons in Kansas City and that you know, 1819 Patriots team that beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, ultimately Brady's last Super Bowl, where they went from. A team that was, you know, we're going to spread you out. We're going to throw it all the time. 
we're going to trust Tom Brady to solve every problem to suddenly a 21 personnel. We're going to get in the eye formation. We're going to run behind James Devlin. We're going to beat you up front, but we're still going to throw the ball when we need to, because we still, yes, we have Tom Brady, but we're going to go through that similar evolution. I mean, full disclosure, I was doing a Patriots podcast that season and they had a late season game against Buffalo that they won, or maybe they they lost, but either way, they didn't look good throwing the ball. And I literally remember sitting on the microphone that Sunday night and asking, is this team good enough in the passing game to win a playoff game? And they went out and they won multiple playoff games or they won a Super Bowl because they evolved. And I think that's sort of a similarity here. And I think the the through line between Brady and Mahomes, and this is a through line and a, a question that all quarterbacks have to deal with, is how do you solve problems? Take that fourth down conversion against Baltimore early in the game when they go sprint right option. You've got you know, three routes layered to the right side of the field and Mike McDonald's ready for it and all three routes are covered. So what does Mahomes do? He gets the backside slant, which is like option four, which most quarterbacks aren't even given that option in the design. It's like, look, these are your three that run it. He solves problems on the fly with his athleticism, with his mind, with his arm, with his touch, trajectory, velocity, whatever you want to say. And that's what Brady did for so many years. It's different because obviously Mahomes is more athletic, but their ability to solve problems, both on the macro in terms of how they evolve the offenses down to the micro. And how do you convert this fourth down when the defense is taking your first three options away? It's, it's an eerie parallel between these two quarterbacks. JP, who, what non Mahomes person. And for that matter, we'll throw Kelsey, what non Mahomes, Kelsey and Andy Reid. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to keep moving the goalposts. But outside of those three, who stands to gain the most from a legacy oh, standpoint with a win? From a legacy what individual standpoint, person? individually. Yeah, you because you could you could argue Kyle Shanahan. You could I mean you could argue you know if George Kittle and the Niners win the Super Bowl, like George Kittle has one of the most like epic like I will be back in this game, and then like got back and won it like you know type moments. So, I'm like, going who's with that Steve Spagnolo, Chiefs defensive coordinator. He has very large. Wow, he has very Mark, largely been like the big game stopper, like for among defensive coordinators. If he wins another title while also defanging another explosive, impressive, efficient offense like the 49ers, there is a very good like argument that you can say Steve Spagnolo is one of the greatest defensive coordinators or one of the greatest coordinators that we have ever seen coach football. I mean, again. We talk about the change, the metamorphosis that the Chiefs have gone through. Last year, they were they were not good defensively for the first half of last year. They were playing a lot of youth in the secondary. They were they were really struggling outside of Chris Jones. Like we we were all having the conversation: Is the Chiefs' defense bad again? Is this not going to work again? And then from like midpoint of the season, they were one of the five best units in football and helped them win the Super Bowl. And this year, they were the reason. They were the reason that the Chiefs were able to play and figure it out offensively and then make it to the playoffs and make it to the Super Bowl. The way that they have grown with their youth, the way that they allowed their guys to make mistakes, and the way that Steve Spagnuolo is talked about and trusted within that defensive locker room, another Super Bowl ring here as a coordinator, that would make it, what, how many? That'd be, he's won, it would be three with the Chiefs, and there'd be one or two. And he had, I think he, I think he only got the first with the yeah, that'd be four. Mark, Mark can correct me if I'm wrong again. He's that'd got be the stars four to Super Bowl it. rings as a coordinator. I feel like he would enter elite territory when it comes to greatest coordinators and defensive play callers we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, just to jump in there. I mean, I think Spagnuolo is a great call because you're talking about somebody that put together the, one of the best 
defensive game plans in Super Bowl history. You're going up against the Patriots offense in Super Bowl 42. One of the most explosive offenses we've ever seen. You hold them to 14 with, with the second touchdown coming in the final couple of minutes there. Then look at this playoff run. And I know the weather played a role in that game against Miami, but you hold that offense to seven. You go into Buffalo, you hold them to 24. You hold Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense, and whom we assume will win MVP here in a couple of days, to 10 points. And you get some critical turnovers. One was a great play by Snead to punch it up, but the other was rotated coverage. You get the interception. Isaiah likely thinking he's open, but, you know, he wasn't. Um, it was just, it's been a masterful run at the sort of, you know, I don't want to say tail end, but in the middle of what has been a great career for Steve Spagnuolo. And if he caps off this run with going up against this offense with those monsters and shuts them down, like, is it a better performance than the one in 42? I don't know, but it will be pretty darn close. I think it it's, it's not no offense to the current chiefs. I mean, there's a big difference between like stopping, you know, an all-time team from history at yeah. the one yard line. You know what I mean? Like that's it's, it's Ken Norton against Thurman Thomas in Super Bowl 27. Like, you know, literally I have no room to spare. It's just me that has stopped you. So that's a you know, very different sort of thing. Um, but I think you both missed, I mean, like pretty embarrassing. I, I gave you, I think it's Kyle Shanahan. Like Kyle, Kyle needs this. Like Kyle really, we can't, we, like not winning this and it's stupid because you know we make this about like really small specific things although this is a big thing in terms of winning the super bowl but i mean he, right now this is harsh but kyle shanahan is joffrey baratheon in my mind like he thinks he's king but he he needs the crown like he really does and i know that sounds silly but like you you can't ultimately rank him ahead of sean McVay, right like he, he's chasing not just like those kinds of ghosts within his division but if they lose this game I mean, you're talking about you've gone to two Super Bowls. What is it? Four title games, three title games in a row, and, and having obviously won one of them. And you've got nothing to show for it. Like, that would be set. And for a premier diamond-level NFL franchise, like, that would be a hard pill to swallow. He's got family legacy to live up to. You know, his dad's got two Super Bowl rings. Like, he really needs this. I, like, maybe maybe I, I'm defining the answer a little bit differently than you did. I think you both said who benefits the most. But I do think yeah. Kyle needs it the most. I don't know. If, if either of you agree with yeah, the, that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Verbiage. I think JP and I said who stands the most to benefit if their team wins. You kind of went at it from the other angle. Like, look, if Shanahan and the Niners lose that's this, you're right. Like, that's a massive, you know, check mark against his sort of resume and his legacy. It's like, yeah, show us the big one, right? Show us the big one. And it, it, you've got Super Bowl 51, obviously, and how, you know, he and Quinn handled the late game situation. You've got this previous loss to the chief. Now you might have a second one. Yeah, I think you're right. From a who loses the most if their team loses standpoint, Shanahan's probably the answer. And I think if the 49ers lose, again, major if, um, we do have to bring up the fact that they traded up for a quarterback who isn't on the roster and don't have picks. Like oh, this, what a great we, we again would have to do that thing with Kyle Shanahan and quarterbacks, you know, like after Matt Ryan, the quarterbacks have been the reason the Niners have not been able to get over the hump. We can even go, we only have to talk about last year's NFC championship game against Eagles. If you want to parse out, if Brock Purdy was healthy, the Niners won one, go ahead. I'm not doing that anymore. You can talk about the year before where they lose to the Rams right. because Jimmy G can't make the throw. You can go to the year before that, you know, they, they always. 
The year, the year before that was their yeah. devastation yeah. injury year in 2020. But the, the year before that in 19, to your point, JP, they made it a Super 18. Bowl and it was just kind of managing, managing. What did Jimmy Jimmy had like was eight passing attempts in that NFC Championship yeah. game against the Packers? I mean, like it was it was the it yeah. was the machine and that he had. We built look at that Super Bowl and he misses Emmanuel Sanders in a game where you're facing mm. a demigod quarterback. You were again facing the demigod quarterback. If they can't win it now, like we have to, we have to go back and be like, hey, like they have, they haven't really like hit a lot, like at the most important position in sports. So, let's piggyback off of that. I think the most discourse that a Super Bowl win has created relative to an individual storyline has probably been. Joe Flacco's Baltimore Ravens, right? That that started the is Joe Flacco elite discussion. Mark, relative to that, what is the Brock Purdy discussion if the Niners win the Super Bowl? Because I mean, the, we talked about this last week. The Brock Purdy discourse is already out of control, and I would even offer what ha- like what if it's a ho hum kind of day for Purdy, similar to the two playoff wins that San Francisco has had. Like maybe he, he he did just enough at the right moment to kind of accomplish whatever, but was kind of largely ineffective, and it was more of Mahomes and everybody else kind of collapsing inward. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it might depend on how they win. But if the Niners do win this game, the Purdy discourse is going to be let's just say exhausting for the next eight months of our lives because and it doesn't matter how now that i think about it because if they win and he slings it all over the place it's going to be look they've absolutely got the guy like you can blow it up now like you don't have to pay debo and kiddo and mccaffrey on down the line they've got the lot they've got the guy that's going to be an entire summer of brock purdy's the next coming of dan marino yeah and summer if they brock. just get okay. by and it's like he starts out slow like he did against green bay or like he did against detroit and they come back it's going to be yeah, well, they won, but are you sure that they can do it again? And maybe he's really not the answer. I mean, it's going to be exhausting no matter what. Win, lose, he plays well, he doesn't. The Brock Purdy discourse is going to be exhausting this summer. It's going to be bad either way because even if – But, Tommy, it's yeah, amplified. Nine, nine, That's the and point. Brock Purdy kind of plays meh. Like the last two playoff games have been very meh for Brock Purdy. People are still gonna be. Oh, he made that one throw. Like he he did he did that. Like it's we're gonna do it regardless. We do it. I don't know if they lose and he and he doesn't play well. Like, oh, if he loses and they don't play well again. We bring up the if, you could have had yeah, yeah you could have had a cousins. No, if if they lose and he doesn't play well, is he like? Or are either of you like willing to bet like everything that he's the starting quarterback for San Francisco in twenty twenty four? Or are you, are you willing to entertain I options? Think this, I mean, this like... has a lot of potential. I think uh, Mark referenced the uh, 2018 Patriots Super Bowl victory where Tom Brady didn't play well, but uh, the Patriots defense kind of handed it to uh, Sean McVay. And then in a couple of years, they went and traded for Matthew Stafford. I feel like we're getting close. If this is if Bill Belichick and the Patriots defense is now Spags and the Chiefs defense, and they kind of hand it to Brock Purdy and the 49ers. I feel like we're getting close to who is Kyle Shanahan's Matthew Stafford. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I mean, Kirk, yeah. he's free. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah. have, it's always been Kirk. It would I be mean, so funny. I mean, if it's Kirk Cousins. That's the, that's the scenario I'm rooting for the most, if I'm being honest, because that would be so entertaining, like throughout the course of the offseason. And like, what would they do with Brock? I mean, like, what do you do? Who is anybody like, is that, is anybody lining up to trade for Brock Purdy? Don't look at me. I feel you both looking at me right now. 
What? No. What? What? what, what you're the quarterback guy, I mean, Mark. I I'm mean, just like, you, you can you can have you can have Brock Purdy for New England's fourth round pick. Yeah. Then give me Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, and let's go. Like we'll build our own team of monsters. Somebody will do that. Somebody will talk themselves into yeah. that, just I mean, like you just, just build did. your own team of monsters around Brock Purdy. And also, like, Kyle like, even that wouldn't be enough. Also, like, you also got to have like the top tier play caller. I, I feel. Yeah, like, I don't know if Alex Van Pelt is that though. That is there a world where? So we we've just kind of unpacked the the scenario where the world turns even more on Brock Purdy. Is there a world where everyone turns yes. on Kyle? Yeah. yeah. It's the scenario we sort of walked through at the what beginning, is it? right? Where you've got Christian McCaffrey, you've got a team in the San Francisco 49ers that could run the football against a defense in Kansas City that if they have a weakness, it's the run game, as we sort of all expected against Baltimore. And they get up, say, 17-10, 17-7 or something like that, but they keep throwing Purdy. Because Shanahan's like, like when you play NCAA football and you're in creative mode and you want to win yourself a Heisman and you just throw it all the time. Like I saw the tweets, like Shanahan's calling plays like he wants Purdy to win the Heisman. They do that in the second half and Mahomes comes back. Like that's where I think you get the full on turn on Shanahan. In addition, um, it, it really has not mattered because the Niners are the Monstars. But Kyle Shanahan's decision-making when it comes to end of half, end of game, and fourth down yeah. have been really bad for, like, the last five years. If it comes down again to you're facing the Mah- you're facing the boogeyman and you decide yeah. to kick a field goal instead of go for it with a, with a kicker who isn't really that great and you end up losing by three or less, yeah, that conversation is turning real quick. I can just smell a chaotic moment in this game. Like it just, it, it feels like we're due. We haven't had like a controversial, you know, like a Malcolm Butler, even that game. I'm sorry, you know, Mark, I know it was stressful for you, but had like a right. million, like the Jermaine curse catch. You know what I mean? Like there were a billion different moments like that. It felt like for like four or five years in a row, it feels like we're due. Like we just haven't, I know wasp, whatever, but like, and I know last year I had the Bradbury play, but like, it feels like we're just due some sort of like decision and inflection point that really just like, Lights this world on fire. Um, that's Kyle's what I want. I want the NR guy to. Uh, yeah, he's gonna face like a five-yard field goal decision with like two minutes left to take a three-point lead. On two. I would offer. I, I don't want to steal this take because I've heard Rich Eisen say it for years. He has. I mean, we all feel differently about the fumble through the end zone rule. He has said, one day this will happen in a Super Bowl. And the whole world will like if we think that that rule discussion is wild right now. If it happens in the Super Bowl, I mean, I mean if it happens, with that Travis Kelsey extended the ball and it goes through the end zone. You're gonna oh get my the gosh, Swifties. Mark. You know, <laughs> chime in on that rule. I mean, that's here, that's how you see it go away. What be the funniest thing here is if the Chiefs run the same play that they did against uh, the Bills with Travis Kelsey throwing it back to uh, Kadarius Tony. And totally oh, he does one of his laterals. Oh my gosh! Like it would legitimately. I wouldn't. I would. I would just say he like pushes it forward. Like he's he's not prepped for the lateral, and it hits like his arm or his face max and and bounces forward, ricochets forward. I and feel then like we're due out. for oh like a gosh. big like Travis Kelsey. Like what are you doing? Moment. Like all those like laterals that he does where nobody's expecting it, but Travis Kelsey. That's gonna come eventually like somebody has to be like hey he sees the flash of color he sees the uniform it's somebody like well uncovered but it's like Uh, creed humphrey and he like laterals it back to creed humphrey now that would be glorious actually that would be perfect 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mark, the most important non-quarterback for the Niners and Chiefs is who? Are who? And JP, you can't steal Mark's answer, okay. so who he takes her off the board. Man, this is tough. Um, it can't be. You have I the know, whole field to choose a, from. I mean, a, it's tough for JP. A lot of options here. For the Niners, I'm going to say Greenlaw and Warner. Um, for the Chiefs? I was only asking for one, man. Yeah, look I'm, at him, you know. JP's making it harder on you. Yeah, because I, I, I kind of know where <laughs> JP's going to go with these. Um, for the Chiefs, I want to say Sneed. I'm very curious to see if they just kind of like put him on Ayuk and say, "Look, you're this is who you're covering, and we're going to figure out the numbers everywhere else." All right. So the Niners one for me is Chase Young in the first game that the Chiefs played against the Niners in 2022. Uh, Nick Bosa was largely nullified. Like they. I think I pulled it up here. Um, according to Sports Information Solutions, the Chiefs passed the ball. Uh, Patrick Mahomes dropped back 37 times. They used motion on 24 of those dropbacks. On those 24 dropbacks, Patrick Mahomes was 17 of 23 through three touchdowns and didn't have a pick. Is that good? That, that seems pretty good. Seems pretty what good. they did was they used the Niners and Nick Bosa's aggression against him. I, I vividly remember the Miko Hardman touchdown like jet sweep touch pass where they just let nick bosa in and nick bosa completely takes himself out the play similar to the jameson williams reverse in the not in the lions game where nick bosa takes himself out the play and jameson williams runs right where he was so if bosa is going to be nullified by the chip blocks and all the things that they did to nullify nick bosa the first time this is why you trade for chase young this is why you have that this is why you go and do that mid-season for the Chiefs, um, this is going to be a very brand thing. I'm going to say Leo Chanel, a linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. The reason I say that is because the 49ers live and die in 21 personnel. How you match their 21 personnel judges how you play them. If Leo Chanel is on the field, he is a hammer in the run game and a really effective blitzer, but he's not great in coverage. I wonder how Spags kind of uses that tell, or if he plays Drew Tranquil, who again, he will be the third linebacker. If Willie Gay can play, then again, any rotating any of those four guys in, you could give Shanahan a tell. But if you can stick with Chanel or Drew Tranquil in that 21 personnel, or if you can like have Trent McDuffie play in nickel, which Trent McDuffie's awesome, but I don't know how much you want him fitting the run in the run game. How they match their 21 personnel is going to be the most important thing in this game. 
I think you both had really strong answers, and I but respect we're completely wrong. avoiding the low hanging fruit. And I think you can. No, I think you can define this differently. Like, cause you're like, it's the Super Bowl, so like, it's like the big things matter and the little things matter. Like everything matters because it's the Super Bowl. So like, it's fair. Like that's I think Chase Young is a great example. Like you're gonna have to have like a non superstar find a way to win and find a way to have a big moment. There's a reason that players like Malcolm Smith wind up winning Super Bowl MVP. Um, but I mean that being said, I'll take the low hanging fruit. I'll say Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey. Like because your superstars have to find ways to show up. Uh, it can't just be your role players and your contributing players. You you have to get production from everyone. And if you don't, I mean, you know, you literally regret it for the rest of your life. So, you know, stakes are, you know, kind of high. Um, on the subject of MVP, uh, the odds from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, as of Friday, noted uh, February 2nd, first of all, quarterback versus the field. Uh, the quarterback position is minus 265, and the field is plus 205. So odds are very, very, very strong that it is going to be Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy. And once again, Brock Purdy is the Super Bowl MVP. That discourse would be um, rather incredible, to say the least. Uh, but um, these are the options in order of uh, you know lowest to highest odds. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, duh. Christian McCaffrey's next, Travis Kelsey. So see, those are the most important players, I guess. Um, Debo Samuel, neither of you mentioned. Isaiah Pacheco, also not mentioned. Rasheed Rice, Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle, Nick Bosa. Literally none of the players who y'all mentioned. I mean, what does Vegas know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're there to make money. Uh, uh, they're there to host the game. What do you mean they're there to make money? money? It's, it's yeah. in Las you Vegas. host the game, do you have people gamble on it? Wow. I can't believe that. Um, okay. Uh, the weirdest, super bulliest thing that you put actual stock into is what? You can you can go any direction here. I'm gonna you know buy you some time while I offer some examples that you cannot burn through. Um, so you know th there's no Super Bowl <laughs> preview like SB Nation. Let's be clear, people. We're we're asking the hard pressing questions. So you could have said, but you can't. Uh, the team that wears white jerseys usually wins. The San Francisco 49ers are the team wearing white. Sorry, Mark. You could have said the elongated halftime is a thing, and it's in case anybody doesn't know for whatever reason, it's a much longer halftime than usual. I don't know like from a percentage standpoint exactly how long. But your normal halftime is like 15 minutes. This is like 40. I mean, for obvious reasons. So, uh, JP, Mark was a little bit flustered. So, we'll go with you. The Super Bowliest thing that most people think is silly, but you think has some merit um, is what? I'm going to go with the coin toss. And I think. Oh, what a great <laughs> answer. <laughs> oh, my it's very God. Silly, but it's also very, like, scheme wise and, like, like game planning wise. It actually makes. What a um, great answer, If JP. we've noticed, wow. the last two games for the, nine, for the Niners, the opposing team has won the ball and chosen to receive. Like, they have chosen to get the ball first and put, like, and put the Niners behind the eight ball, force them to play from behind. I wonder if the Chiefs win the uh, toss, do they elect to receive? And there really isn't a lot of, like, a long streak of, like, whoever wins the uh, the – coin toss wins the Super Bowl because outside of Kansas City winning the Super, win the coin toss last year, Cincinnati won in 2022, Kansas City won in 2021, San Francisco won in 2020. But there feels it feels like that the coin toss is going to mean a lot more when it comes to the minutia of the game. Those, man, good luck following that, Mark. JP yeah. killed it. Well, um, I mean, I was going to go coin toss, too. So now I'm down to basically my third thing, which is the halftime show, in the sense that it is football players are a creature of habit. And if you haven't sort of been in a locker room for a Super Bowl halftime, you know, it's a very extended period of time to the point where teams will practice it this week. 
Like I remember Belichick, you know, they'd be at the Super Bowl. They'd go out, they'd practice for like 45 minutes to an hour. Then he'd bring him into the locker room and keep him there for like 40 minutes. So you get used to it. I mean, there's stories about players taking naps. We all have seen the fantastic photo of Len Dawson, Super Bowl four, just, you know, hammering a cigarette and drinking a, a fresca at halftime of the Super Bowl. Like it's an extended period, even back then. So you have to be ready for that. And you have to be ready with your sort of how you're going to come out for the second half. Now, obviously both of these coaching staffs have been through it before. So there's not a, a coaching staff that hasn't seen it, but what is Brock Purdy? You know, this is sort of his first Super Bowl. Like how is he going to deal with that? So, I mean, yeah, the, the quirky extended Super Bowl halftime show is certainly something to watch. This was a weird question, and it was hard to go third after each of you went and after I took a few options off the board. Um, that being said, so, like, my answer's not that great. I'm not proud of it is really my point. Um, I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit trash talk said during the week yeah. because this is, like, the most hyper-focused that these athletes have ever been in their lives. And as we know, like, throughout the realm of sports, like, a lot of times people will – sort of fabricate or manifest their own version of like chips on their shoulders as you know points of motivation or whatever the case may be if you take one toe out of line like an innocuous comment that could totally i think light a flame in a way that you really don't want to you know because the team you're playing is i feel like nick bosa's already that started that you know he was asked about what he's seen about the chief's offensive line he said they hold a lot while that might be true like i don't know if i would sit i don't know if i'd fire that shot across yeah. the bow early this week um, well, speaking of, because we are recording this on Friday, and even then, it's coming out on Monday, which is the very beginning of Super Bowl week. JP, you'll be there. I'll be there. Mark, you are way too cool for us, and you're hanging out with Williams. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, that being said, give me a prediction, each of you, for something that will happen across the week leading up to the game. It can be, you know, some you know, somebody's asked a Taylor Swift question, whatever, but something that you absolutely guarantee will happen. It can be football related or, again, related to the Super Bowl of it all. Mark, we're going to hear a lot of stories about the media descending on Las Vegas. I mean, which you guys are obviously going to be doing yourselves, but we're going to get some really fun stories. I've been forwarding to JP a lot of the like press release, PR events that are going to be happening during Super Bowl week. There was one that I forwarded a couple of days ago about like a whiskey party or something like that. There are going to be some epic stories from a media standpoint. I already know what the Luxor was the media hotel, which is already sold out. Like there's going to be some like travel, like sports writers tend to like gin up these like travel headache stories, flight delay stories. There are going to be some great ones coming out of Super Bowl. JP, I want you to go, but I just want to offer that Mark has known that I'm going to the Super Bowl as well, and I haven't gotten a single email forwarded to me, despite the fact that we all work at the same place. Uh, so you're, you know, already, kinda, you're already a media hell, celebrity, I'm gonna, RJ. I'm, I'm looking out for, I'm looking for you. Go ahead. I mean, you know, just let's, you know. I'll, I'll heck, forward Mark? some more. Yeah, I'll forward but uh, JP. Um, okay. I think JP. the most Super Bowl-y thing that's going to happen during the week is we're kind of along the lines of what Mark said, we're going to get a lot of stories about the media hotels. Um, the Luxor is, uh, or I like to call it the Dorito Hotel, because it is going to be, uh, you know, like they have the orb in Vegas where it's got like a face on it. The pyramid, the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas is, has a Dorito chip on it. So it's now the Dorito Hotel. It is mm -hmm. Las Vegas's version of the Memphis Bass Pro Shops pyramid, which is the Mecca for my friends and I, we would like to sojourn there for a week and just stay in the Memphis Bass Pro Shops Pyramid. But the Luxor Hotel sounds 
interesting. And then for anybody who's media who can't stay in a Luxor hotel, the Excalibur is available. And that looks like a castle hotel that was built in 1976. So we're going to get a lot of stories about those hotels throughout the week. Uh, I have two, if you'll both allow me. One is that local news stations across the country will exhaust us with Vegas cliches. Um, you know, we'll get like lots of uh, casino noise, uh, you know, beds in terms of audio for their packages that they put together. We'll get a lot of like, how about that ride in? And that will really annoy me. We'll get a lot of people doing hits from Caesars, like outside Caesars Palace. I'm like, I'm standing here at the real Caesar's palace. You know what I mean? Like crap like that. It's going to be like ridiculous. And I'm, I'm pretty annoyed at all of it. If I'm being quite honest with all of you, um, that's number one. Number two, I think we get like, an like the, and the most intense NFL gambling memo of all time. like that they have advised. But again, like, I think we get like, once they're there, we're like, we want to reiterate that Super Bowl participants, players, coaches, staffers, whatever, are not to partake in gambling. I mean, like, they are flying literally in the sun, like they're, they're literally in the sun's orbit. And they're like, you know, nobody get burned. So um, I think, you know, I wouldn't even be shocked if we get like a gambling story, like, you know, some staffer or, you know, IT person or whatever that is technically an employee of a team goes and puts a bet on something else. They're like, oh, man, you know, I put a bet on the Bayern door award. Like, I, it wasn't anything to do with this football, you know, but we just happened you know, to be here. You know, now like that you mentioned it, call. it would have been incredibly funny if the Lions made the Super Bowl because we have that angle of uh, yeah. Williams returning to the city. Where right. <laughs> It also would have been incredibly annoying, JP, because it would have been like, what would who is a better coach to be in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas than the gambling Dan Campbell? You know what Dan I mean? Gamble? Like, I, again, I'm, I'm those things. Are, JP, please don't do that. Um, you know. I don't want to have to ask you to leave um, before we do leave. We do have to offer Super Bowl predictions. OK, um, so. You know, it's Monday and we all reserve the right to kind of adjust this, whatever. So like what you're saying is not, you know, set in stone. Um, I got the Chiefs. I've, I've learned not to bet. I took the Bills. I took the Ravens. I'm not touching this stove again. Taking the Chiefs. I'll go 33-29. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I, I went Buffalo. I went Baltimore. I'm not doing it again. So Chiefs fans are probably annoyed. But, yeah, my snap thought was 27-24 Kansas City, and that's where I'm sticking. I Way too common of a score, but Mark. You got to play the sometimes odds. Sometimes you get you know. that. Um, that's true. Unlike you guys, I picked the Chiefs against the uh, the Bills, but I did not pick them against the Ravens. So I was like, if the Mahomes thing has to stop. It's got to stop here. It did not. So I'm refusing to bet against Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City Chiefs defense. I am going to go with a score of 28-21, and there's going to be there's going to be a there's going to be a missed oh. field goal by the uh, 49ers in there somewhere. How boring. 28-21. I mean, but I don't think uh, the 49ers kicker, Jake Moody, is going to make a field goal. Okay. All right. So uh, we're taking the Chiefs. Last, last, last one uh, because Rachelle specifically and personally requested it. Favorite Usher song because halftime show, obviously, Usher, Usher. Um, in this instance, you can repeat if your favorite happens to be with somebody it's else. It's shocked, but yeah. What? Oh, Mark, come on. No, no, no it, you asked me my favorite. That's no. my favorite. Plus, I mean, look, look, look. 
I mean, it's a great song. I mean, do we, okay. Actually, your favorite song, and do you think it yeah, will be performed? Yeah, so yeah, we'll absolutely so have to answer. The I mean, it's okay. So is the is the whole crew oh, yeah. coming? Is that what you're predicting? Yeah, absolutely, like we'll a, definitely get a little a little John or Luda. Oh, absolutely! Like I don't see how not. Okay. Um, my favorite song okay. is "You Don't Have to Call," and I'm pretty sure that's going to be performed at the Super Bowl. Okay, so. So yes, to, so you're, you think your favorite is being performed. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, because Rachelle still has to hand out the MF Double MVP. And I know that Rachelle loves Usher. So I'm also trying to appease Rachelle here, but it truly is my favorite song because I think it's a little bit more unique than, yeah, no offense, Mark. Uh, not going to go Confessions, not going to go Burn, not going to go Caught Up. These are all great. I'm going to go DJ Got Us Fallen In Love. That is such an yeah. underrated Usher song. Like when you are in the right mood in the right place and that song comes on, like it is an incredible moment, an incredible vibe. And I will say he probably does not perform it. I think there's too many in the catalog um, to where he won't get to DJ got his fall in love. So kind of a different song to perform. Right. That's he's just going to run out of time. And like, it's, it's my personal favorite, but I just don't think he'll get there. Um, Rachel, if you could please join us and provide overall thoughts on literally every single word that we said. Um, also, obviously, your pick for who's going to win the Super Bowl and a final score prediction. And then, you know, undeniably, your favorite Usher song, as well as your thoughts on the ones that we chose and whether or not you believe it will be performed. Yeah, you got a lot to I know do. that's here. a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs. I have them winning this. I don't want them to win, but I'm just not going to bet against them. And my score prediction, I think it's going to be like a 33 like 23 24 like 33 24 i'm gonna go with that um the out of all of the song choices i'm not really big on like usher's like pop songs i love his r&b and so i think i'm gonna go with you don't have to call jp like i think that was my favorite my i have a lot of favorite usher songs but you know the nfc east mixtape don't forget to tune into that next week we're gonna also give a song so i'll save one for that i like bad girl from the Confessions album. I think that's a really good one. I hope he performs it. I'm also hoping that he skates. You know, he was just at the residency in Vegas. Um, I really, really hope that there's like a whole production where people are skating and all that kind of stuff. I think he's going to do it. Um, but today, you guys have some really, really good points. Um, starting with JP, I will say I really liked your point on um, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola and how like if he wins, uh, he'll definitely be in the discussion for like greatest coordinators, you know, for sure, for sure, if not already. Um, and also the coin toss, I think yours was the best out of everybody's. Um, RJ, I think that your point about Kyle Shanahan, how you spun it, like he needs it more. I thought that that was really good. Also, you talked about, I think how you presented just the questions, like a lot of the questions today, like were really, really good. Like the conversation started. So shout out to you for doing that. And Mark, I think you really did a really good job when you talked about Brock Purdy and just like the discourse um, this off season and how it's just going to be like insane win or lose. Um, and so today I think you all did a really, really good job. I'm going to give it to RJ. Guys, it's, yeah, it's the mean, Super Bowl the preview one. I mean, it's a really special one. Um, but, you know, I can't take it by myself. I mean, this is, you know, this is the final football game, um, obviously, of the season. And we don't get to preview games all too often, obviously, on Monday, Football Monday. And I'm looking forward to reacting to it all. I'm looking forward to shaking JP's hand, taking a picture, a hey. selfie, and sending it in our Slack group. Um, and, um, 
it's, it's been a really fun season uh, with all of us, and it's sad that it has to come to an end from a, a football standpoint, but obviously we're not going anywhere. So I officially break this this MFWP into three more pieces and share it 25% all the way around. Um, very, very happy to call you guys friends and very happy for the week that is to come and all the hard work all of our colleagues are going to be doing. Um, JP, I know you're going to be hustling and bustling. Mark, I have no idea how you get to do the coolest things in the world, but <laughs> you know, here you are. Uh, so everyone, everyone, check out our um, our F1 grid that Mark completely and totally powers uh, by himself um, at SB Nation. And everyone, check out JP's hard work throughout the week. Everyone, make sure to send your favorite Usher songs to Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Monique. And everyone, make sure to enjoy the Super Bowl. Before we leave, um, the food you have to have at your Super Bowl party. Rachel, you go first. Crab dip. Ooh. Okay, but why do you like you dipping chips in there? Chips. Like you doing anything? Chips. You know? No, 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 no. I take that back. Soft pretzel. That's okay. That's why I asked. Okay, so crab dip with soft pretzel. Well done. Mark. That's a fantastic call. I mean, wings, wings, you just gotta have them. It's yeah. a standby. Flats or drums? I am very much team drums. Me too. Yeah. Me too. That's not cool. What? That's not cool. You get more work to do. It's just boom, 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 done. Plus, when you're typing a story with one hand, you can still be going with the wing. Like you don't have to. You can go one hand. How many stories are you typing with one hand? I mean, again, seriously. It's Super Bowl Sunday. It's the big one. You know, you can't really stop to pause, to breathe, to eat. Like, you got to crank out. So, yeah. JP. I was also going to say wings, but my thoughts are when it comes to flat or drums, my answer is yes. It doesn't matter. They're one. It's all going to It's all good. Yeah. Rachelle has heard me complain about this on the NSCS mixtape. Um, thank you, as always, for producing that, Rachelle. I don't like how we get the round saucer cup for, for like dressings when you get wings because you can't fit the whole wing. My proposal is to develop some sort of rectangular container that you can kind of treat like a, you know, a rotational, yeah, like a you know, way to, to... It looks kind yeah, of... Exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. But because like, uh, well, you guys like drums. Like you, there's no way you're getting the base of that, you know, covered in well, dressing. I don't and so, the problem you know, with how you said you don't like to like pour it. I am perfectly fine just pouring it all over the wing. I respect yeah. that you're that humble, Rachel, and willing to do it, but I shouldn't have to do it. My, <laughs> so, um, my choice for food. I've, I've never made this, and I'm going to think about it. Um, similar to yours, Rachel, a queso with chorizo in it Ooh, that you yeah. dip tortillas yeah. in. Not chips, because I'm, I'm not going chips either, but like a hot queso, little spicy, seen, and you just... I've seen those, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe you even just take some out and load up the tortilla, not even dip it in, and you just create like you know, queso, chorizo, yeah. tacos. That's what I'm thinking about doing. Mm. So, all right. Uh, JP, the final belongs to you. Name your least favorite animated character of all time. Least favorite animated character all of all time. Fire Lord Ozai. Hate him. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.